0: Hey everyone, this is That Guy in Hutch, Jason Probst, and you're listening to That Podcast in Hutch. So today, I uh, this is going to be a fun conversation for me. Many of you know I, I do biking across Kansas every year, and this year I was really excited because it came through Hutchinson and we spent the night in uh, in my town, and so I was very happy with that, and Hutch did a great job of welcoming all the riders in. But I thought on the heels of that it would be a good time to bring my friend Tyler Kirshner in, and we'd talk about our experience on uh, biking across Kansas. So Tyler, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Yes. So originally, you may remember that our plan was, uh, and this is something that is not terribly uncommon on BAK, we had this grand plan that since we were in Hutchinson, we were going to eat our dinner, hang out, maybe go over here next door to the brewery and and drink a beer or two, and then we were going to come over here and record. Uh, But time tends to move a lot more slowly on BAK, or at least it doesn't have, it's not very linear on BAK. That's right. So, let's talk about, um, well, you want to start out talking about this year's BAK? Yeah, yeah, man. This was a great one, and it's fresh in our memory, so. Well, um,
1: it was hot. So hot and humid. Yeah. All of that rain was baking off, and we were just.
0: Well, that's the thing. So, we had really nice weather before, right? Uh, like 80s and we had a lot of rain and then there were times on this trip that you could just see the the humidity in the air. Heat, in, heat index is uh, 106 one day I think it was. Yeah I think there was one that was 109. Yes that that's right. I re- yeah that's right. It was 109 heat index and I remember um, well we stopped in Marion after we left Hutch we went to Hillsboro, spent the night in Hillsboro. I had a miserable night in my tent. That was the night that I decided I was done camping outside because I woke up every hour dripping in sweat oh, yeah. uh, in my tent with no air moving through it. And then we went to Marion and I spent the park in Marion. Some guy said, well, the humidity is 93% today. <laughs> that was about right. <laughs> I would have rather it had been 100 because at least it would have been raining. <laughs> right yeah something to cool us off
1: and then we left out of marion and had one of the hilliest days of the year uh-huh. on that stretch of road east of marion
0: and on, it, onto elmdale uh oh yes uh what do they call that um hernia hernia hill, hernia, hernia hill. that's a big right. hill east of elmdale on that county road so you come off of highway 50 you just you're just we come off of what 156 yep and then we go a little bit onto 50, and Elmdale's right there. And you turn east on that county road that takes you to Chase County Fishing Lake. Yep. And that in that that hill there is the most depressing thing in the world. And I remember the my first BAK. hmm We did that same that same hill. That's right. We
1: um, I don't remember where we overnighted, but we were on our way to Council Grove, so we took that little stretch into Cottonwood Falls and then north into Council Grove where we
0: overnighted. Yeah. Remember that? That was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, one of the things about that hill is you climb and climb and climb and climb and climb and it's very steep and you're going so slow. If you're going at all, a lot of people end up walking their bikes (laughs) up that hill. And you get to the top of it, only to realize that there's, like, a stage two. Yes, false plateau. <laughs> Don't we love those?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're, you're
0: out of gears 100 yards in, oh, yeah. usually. And this, your your momentum is just sapped yeah. uh, so early on. Yeah, and so you're just putting up this hill with no power, and you realize you have more to go. So you can take a little break and a breath if you want, but you're going to end up having to do a little more work before. Now, the other
1: side of the hill is pretty nice. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, you you ratchet it up over that short duration there, but then you get a ride
0: nice downhill curves for a few miles after that. It's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, the other thing about that same day is that we we stayed in Olpe that night. Is that we went from Hillsboro to Olpe? To Olpe, yes. And Olpe was uh, wasn't we were driving into the wind from Emporia, and that was nine miles, right? Mm-hmm. Nine miles. From Emporia down to Olpe was all headwind,
1: and it was that really rough chip uh, <gasps> yeah. uh, surface on the on the road. Yep, yeah, which also just really just takes all your momentum out of you. Yeah, it was hot. I think some folks made the mistake of stopping at the brewery there in uh, Emporia
0: because we were just what a block away from it. And, oh yeah, and boy, that'll you, yeah. So that we go down there and it's it you, you can't really stop for a beer. Before before you're done, because you'll you'll lose all your momentum and you'll your body just kind of says, "Okay, that's that's my sign that I can stop riding now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some folks do it. I don't know how they do it. I I can't once I once the beer starts, the the cycling's over for me.
0: Yeah, me too. And I don't I want to make sure I get where I'm going to get, get my camp set up, get cleaned up a little bit and then i'm ready for whatever but up until that point as long as i got to get back on that bike i've got to be careful about how i manage myself through the through the day mm-hmm. i think would you say that's oh absolutely and i think that was the day that we had the
1: just the ridiculous heat index and the yeah, i want to say the
0: temp was like 97 but the heat index was much higher than that because it was so humid that day yep and those rumble strips that you oh. we were talking about and i don't know why but on us 50 Near Emporia, the rumble strips run all the way across the shoulders where most of the state they're just barely into the shoulder.
1: Yep. And so you you can't really ride the shoulder because there's no way to escape the rumble strips. It's just it kills your kills your momentum and it rattles everything on your bike and
0: But you can't and, get out in the road because there's a lot of traffic on Highway 50. Yeah. So you're just kind of stuck. Yeah. People were really unhappy with the the engineering on that mm-hmm. that
1: day. Oh, I heard people talking about sending <laughs> pictures to the highway department.
0: and. Oh, yeah. Kimberly did. Our friend Kimberly. Yeah, she, she tweeted it at KDOT and said, what is this? Like, how am I supposed to ride on these? You yep. know, that it wasn't very safe. So we, we talk about this. And, and what, one of the things about BAK is funny is there's all these kind of stories of adversity, right? Like everybody this year was like, oh, you guys had a lot of wind. You had a lot of heat. Everybody was talking about this one of the hardest years they remember, Um, but we're doing it and we're still like, well, yeah, it was hard, but we had fun. So from your perspective, I guess, let's talk a little bit about why we do this seemingly crazy thing every year and not only do it, but get really excited about it and look forward to it all year long.
1: Well, I mean, it's like summer camp you know you get to see all your friends that you haven't seen since last summer mm-hmm. um, there's there's just that social aspect of it but then there's the kind of the shared experience the shared adversity uh, my first BAK was 2013 which uh, featured the the infamous cold water leg of BAK uh-huh. which anybody who rode that day remembers Not fondly, you know, we would call that type two fun, Uh, Uh but uh, they... uh, Type two fun is the type of fun that you choose. That you're not having fun while you're doing it, but later you recall it fondly. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Type one fun is just fun. Yeah. 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 Which you have those days too. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And we had some this year. We had a couple days that were just prime riding. Oh, yeah. Weather. But yeah, there's the, uh, you get to these towns after a, just a real brutal day and everybody's feeling it, but you're all feeling it the same. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey man, we did that. People that you don't even know, new faces that you're just meeting for the first time, you know, everybody's like, the, we did it. Man, yeah. We 50 miles. Yeah, that cold water day was 50 miles into a 25 to 35 mile an hour headwind. Mm. It was like 102 that day. 50 miles were minimal shoulders high farm traffic high impatient traffic uh-huh. uh, on very new black top so highly reflective oh. and that wind was not a refreshing wind that w- <laughs> that you were just eating for 50 miles yeah you know? but we but we got there there were if I recall right two shower heads in the school for <laughs> all of uh, for the men I don't know what the women's was like but two shower heads for the men and and but we we got through it and yeah. at the end of that day you know people were feeling it they were feeling kind of
0: kind of wiped out but there was still that camaraderie of heck yeah man we just did that no that's kind of the, the one of the fun things about it too right like you do that and then everybody can talk about it right we all have like you said the this shared adversity we all had uh, you know are fun but we also had the challenges and we had the same challenges so usually, and, and we all have the same, you know, if the water is cold at a school, it's cold for all of us. If it's hot at a school, it's hot for all of us. And we had some of that this year, too. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Real, one place had really hot water, which you normally wouldn't. You're happy to have some hot water. Um, but on some of these hot days, you, it's not what you wanted. <laughs> and that one school, I think they, <laughs> they had nothing but hot water. Yeah, you might as well have not dried off after the shower because yeah. it was just
1: like a sauna in there. But, you know... you. It's just part of it. It's not bad. I mean, it's uh, it, it. It didn't ruin the day. It was just okay. That's just one more thing. You know, do you want to ride in a headwind for five miles, ten miles, whatever it is? No, but you do it because it's just part of BAK. You know, with with every headwind, there's usually a tailwind. With yeah. every uphill, there's a downhill. With every cold shower, there's a hot one. Yeah, don't worry about it. Take
0: your hot shower and move along. You know <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. Well, and we t- we talk about that when we're writing too. Like there's the, kind of these parallels to life, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just you know you're not gonna you're not gonna love every minute of it. We we joke that you're not gonna love every mile. You know there are going to be miles that are awful, and you it's just part of it. But you can't get to the miles that you like without some of the miles without some of the headwinds, without some of the hot days. But there are those days that are just uh, m- miraculous, right? You get oh, up in yeah. the morning, you see the sunrise, uh, the weather's right, temperature's right, traffic's low. Uh, there's wildlife. There's you know, there's, there's seed. good food. There's good food all over there's, the state.
1: There's the best tea you've ever had in your life. Oh, do you want? Let's talk about this, oh,
0: okay? Because yeah. I know Jason. this was this was the biggest hit on BAK this year. Was the mint tea. Done out at Partridge. And when when I got there, I realized that it's uh, uh, someone I know here in town. Lois Mast was there and she and some other ladies had made this tea. And talk about that because it was it's like legendary now at this point.
1: No hyperbole at all that was the best tea i've ever had in my life and you should see my tea cabinet at home right now of all the mint tea that i've bought trying to recreate that <laughs> to no avail <laughs> nothing anywhere close to what we had that day but i mean it was just like this little bit of um, i guess what hikers would call like trail magic just mm-hmm. like this little little bit of serendipity or divine providence that just pops up in the middle of your of your day and here we're cruising along and there's this little roadside Stand that someone put up in their yard. This this woman put mm-hmm. up in the yard of this homemade mint tea, that was the most fabulous tea. And it was a that was a rough day. It and was, and it was hot. It was, it was hot and humid that day too. Yep. Very flat. So okay. a lot of people think flat bike riding is easy. It is not. You never get to stop pedaling. Yep. And uh, cruising into that, I put some in my water bottle and was just like, this is like heaven in a cup. This oh. is this was amazing just I think that was probably the topic of 50% of the conversations that evening. Was about the tea. Was about the
0: tea. Yeah. Holy cow, did you have that tea? Yeah. Everybody was asking, yeah, did you stop? Did you have the tea? Did you try it? And everybody that had it was like, oh, yeah, it was amazing. Couldn't couldn't believe. And, you know, I hung out there quite a while because I, I think I had maybe three cups full of that tea before before I left. But it was it was just such a nice break in the day. There were mm-hmm. actually two stops in Partridge that were really nice. I don't know if you the one wanted, north of of town with the uh, bicycle sculpture. Yeah. Yes, I remember that too. Very, yeah. Very great stop. They from. had a dunk tank. They had uh, pie. Um, they just it was just amazing, and, and just that, that there was two stops that close together before we got in town, and then when we got into Hutch, we had this great reception in Hutch at Harley's, and Sandhills Hills was there. Oh. Uh, As soon as you got off your bike, there was a beer for you. Oh my God! It was just so. I went from the best tea I've ever had,
1: and then we turned north and got to cash in the sweet tailwind. Oh yeah! And I'm racking up three minute miles, just zoom, zoom, zoom. Stop at that next sag stop, refilled my water bottles, checked out what they had going on, hopped back on, rode that tailwind, turned into Hutch, and get there and. When we rolled in there by Harley's, the first thing I saw was my favorite brewery in the world, Sandhills, mm-hmm. uh, and Pippin, who you had on your show yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago, um, with my favorite beer. You know, they've got that honey, lavender, saison, uh-huh. and it was just like, could could today get any better? You know, it was just, just
0: one thing after another, and then... Well, it did get better because we came down. We went and had dinner at Carl's, and yep. then... And then we came down here and had more of your favorite beer. That's right, that's right.
1: And uh, my girlfriend came and joined me that Mm -hmm. evening. That was pretty nice. And yeah, we just uh, got to uh, got to take a lot in. Got to see some friends from BAK past that we didn't get to ride with. Yeah, Uh, uh, Trevor and Mac were there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it was just a great,
0: great day. Just was wonderful. And every year has that sort of experience, right? Like we have other years, we talk about Gossel, when we went to Gossel and how much fun that town was. And we weren't sure about how Gossel was going to be because it was this very small, very small town. But we got there, they had a band, they had a kind of beer garden set up for us. They had all sorts of activity. I don't even know how they pulled that off. We've had other towns where we've done that too. You just go into these little towns. And I think that's the other thing, you know, aside from the cycling, aside from the... Um, experiences that you meet while you're, you, that you get to encounter while you're riding, there's also this whole experience of seeing the state in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And and seeing these towns, and, and one of the things I like about it is it's, it's, it's so, people are so open and, and warm when you're on this on this tour, um, and everyone everyone, you can talk to anyone, everyone can talk to you, and you just find out so much about People in the towns they live in and, and why they live there and in the history, people will just open up about all the things in their town.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're excited to see all of us. You know, some of these little towns, we we double the population when we roll in. Yeah. Uh, you know, 800 hung, hungry cyclists roll in and eat up all their food and drink up all their beer. But they want to talk. They want to know what we're doing. They, they're interested. They're, they're excited. You rode how many miles? Yeah. You know, you started where, you know, it almost becomes, uh, almost like a script for us by the end of BAK. Cause it's always, you know, well, where are you going today? Well, where'd you roll out from this morning? So you, you started in Colorado, what town, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, okay, we started in Syracuse. Well, this morning we left from, you know, Hillsborough yeah. or, or whatever. It just, because we get the same questions over and over. These people are just curious, you know, about what BAK is, what it, what it means.
0: Yeah, and, why, and, and what we're doing and where we're going and, and why we're doing it. Yeah. Y- you said that about the towns, I remember, so we did the route, I don't remember what year it was, that was, it goes along Highway 36 for the most part in Northern Kansas. Yes, that was uh, 2016. Okay, yep. and we went on that one and there was a town we went to and I remember that a, a gal told us that she loved it that we were there because, you know, everybody's got a phone So Google Maps tracks us all on our phone, and she said, the first time ever, um, my phone told me that traffic was heavy and moving slow today. (laughs) Because it doesn't make a big distinction between whether it's a car or a bike. It just knows that all of a sudden, this town that usually has no traffic now has 800 phones moving at 12 miles an hour. (laughs) And it thinks there's a big traffic jam somewhere. I always thought that was kind of funny. So, that was the year that we went through Mankato.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I grew up in a little town of Jewel, okay, right, north central Kansas, which is about 11 miles from Mankato. And the closest swimming pool to Jewel was Mankato. Uh-huh. And so, in the summers, I would ride my little BMX bike from Jewel to Mankato 11 miles, no water bottle, just a kid in his swimming trunks going to the pool and then you know 11 miles back home and that was where i actually learned about bak okay um uh, i was leaving the pool to go back home and the high school right off the highway in Cato, i saw a bunch of tents and bicycles and i was like what the heck's going on there so i rode over to see and i saw a guy setting up a tent and, uh, went over and struck up conversation with him. I'm like, what is this? What, what's going on here? I said, well, this is B.A.K. We're riding our bike across Kansas. And I'm, um, you know, the same thing, you know, you're doing what? Why yeah. You know, uh, but I was fascinated by it. And he gave me a hat, uh, which I still have this hat, uh, from 1986. I think it is. Oh, wow. Um, but Mankato is where I've, Found out about BAK and I lived in Jewel. Uh-huh. And that year, we went from Mankato south to Jewel and over through Randall and I, I want to say Jamestown, and then up into uh-huh. Belleville. You could just go from Mankato to Belleville, but that's like super short—thirty yeah. miles or whatever. You'd be a short day. So they routed us through Jewel, yeah,
0: my old hometown. So I rode by my old house and oh yeah, yeah. Y- do you, uh, well, talk about that a little bit. Like, so did you want to? Was that the moment that they was at that moment? Did you want to do BAK? Oh, absolutely. It, it
1: inspired me, and I thought, wow, that is that is pretty neat. I went, saved up my money, and bought my first 10 speed. This was back when we still had 10 speeds, uh-huh. you know. Um, I don't even know how many gears my bike has on it. That's <laughs> probably 20, two by 10. I, but, um, but yeah, it inspired me. I wanted to ride more, you know, and then life happened and, and I kind of, kind of forgot about it for a while. And then, you know, in my late 30s, I wanted to work on my fitness and get in better shape. Mm-hmm. And I always had that little nugget in the back of my mind of I should do BAK. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what prompted me at uh,
0: that one encounter in Mankato years and years ago. You know, I, and I think that's a, I think that. Um, I think it happens with a lot of people. I think a lot of us, somebody, we saw something. Somebody was doing this. And for me, it was... Um, I'm not sure if it was BAK. It seemed like they may have stayed in Nickerson one year. But the America route runs through there. So I would see... you know, My, my mom and I would go downtown to the post office, to check the mail, and then maybe over to the cafe. And then I would see all these cyclists coming through. Uh, but they, I think they were riding across the country. But to me... And, and I'd be curious to see if it, it kind of hits you the same way, too. When, when you're a kid and you're on your bike, you know, your, your world, then that's the first big expansion of your world. Absolutely. Right? You, you, you now, you, you've been limited to your home or wherever your parents led you up. And when you get a bike and you can ride, now your world starts to get a lot bigger. And the idea to me that I could get on a bike and ride across the state or to another town or across the country seemed, you know, marvelous. To oh, me. yeah. That I, that I had, wow, you can do that. You can ride your bike as far as you want to ride it, you know. And at that age, that seemed incomprehensible. Before cars, before you can buy a plane ticket and, you know, hop anywhere uh, you want in the world in a half a day, you know, the idea that you get on your bike and ride your bike. So, so much freedom in that, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, it it gave me access to a swimming pool. You mm-hmm. know, normally I would have to hitch a ride from my mom or whatever. You know, but now I could go to the pool whenever I wanted. And then to you know have this new idea planted in my brain. Well, you can go so much further than just a swimming pool. It's it, to me, it, it went from this eleven mile range of freedom that it gave me to, oh wow, you can really you can go camping. Yeah, Camping. almost limitless, right? Yeah. limitless freedom.
0: Yeah, as much as you want to put on your bike, you can you can go. So then, then you mentioned, in this this sort of happening. Maybe there's another episode where we talk about the weird parallels in our life. But that's <laughs> the, probably not for this one. But uh, the coming back to that later, and I think that's a thing that happens too, right? Like you you have this thing, and there's something about cycling, that about. Like the the freedom that's associated with it, and the and the fun. I think that you know, after a while in adult life, and it can get kind of heavy, and it can get kind of weighty. You know, uh, everything in the world in life can can be you know, no the exactly the right word, but it does. It's just heavy, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, it seems a lot of people something triggers in their brain, and they say. I want to get on a bike again. And it certainly was for me. And, and it was for you that you're like, I, this is, and part of it's tied to fitness and I've never been much of a runner. I've tried it and I've done a little bit of it, but you never too good at it. But the biking thing just seems so, but it's something about taking you back to a place when, uh, when that sense of freedom first struck you on a bike, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's uh forever tied to that
1: little kid aspect of our brain of, you know, it's fun. It's a fun activity. It's not it, it w- wasn't work when we learned to to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. We were out there with no water bottles, riding in 100 degree weather, and we're happy to do it, you know, in denim cutoffs and, you know, oh. how how it was. Yeah. Uh, and And we loved it. So, yeah, for me, you know, it was my late 30s when I uh, when I got back on a bike after a couple decades of of setting it aside, and, and it felt like a little kid again, and like I was I was this ten year old riding to the swimming pool again, yeah. is what it felt like. Um, it it wasn't work, you know. And that's a that's a thing about fitness is if you get into a fitness routine that feels like work, you're not going to stick with it very yeah. long. And I don't know. A bicycle doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It's kind of hard
0: to ride one and not smile sometimes, you know, that's how I feel. I just, you know, we talk about that too, that you just, you're, you're almost always happier on a bike than not. Right. I mean, even if you just, even if it's windy, even if it's hot, um, but you just feel, you just feel kind of happy because you're on a bike and you're, you're, you're pedaling around and you can, just go around town or you can go on a serious ride, but you're just kind of like, hey, I'm on a bike. <laughs> yep. And
1: I do some of my best thinking on a bike. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but your mind is, I don't know, all of the clutter of life just kind of kind of vanishes and, and you're just, you're able to sort through stuff. Better. I had some epiphanies this year. I think every BAK, I, I have some like real productive moments of clarity yeah. just out there on the road. Sometimes you, you know, you're riding at a pace where you're not really riding with the group. You're not really, you know, there were a couple of times where I couldn't see another rider in either direction. Yeah. Um, and you just, you just have these clear thoughts. Yeah. Which appealed to me when I got into cycling, you know, late 30s, you know, life. Trying to sort some things out. Trying to sort things and, and, and understand where you are and where, you know, I was overweight, I was miserable in my job, and, you know, hop on a bike. Yeah.
0: And the pounds and the worries just kind of both melted away at the same time. Yeah. I've had that too. And I had some, some good thoughts this year. And I would be curious, and, and if there's any therapist or anybody who listens, I, I'd be curious to hear what theories. I've heard a couple in in my life about the the benefits of cycling and, and what it actually does uh, psychologically. But I think there's, and there's a really interesting TED Talk I just listened to where a guy was talking about that, that it just generally, in cultures where there's more biking, uh, some of the Scandinavian areas have a lot of biking, um, they build their infrastructure more around cycling than they do cars. Um, and the, it, it's, there's a lot of belief that there's, that that contributes to a certain level of happiness. That he showed a picture on this TED talk of like 60 bikes on a bike trail. They're all going to work. They're all wearing suits and ties or shirts and ties. Um, and there's 60 bikes and there's four cars on the road right next to the trail. And he was talking about how nobody in the, traffic jam of bikes is unhappy but if you had 60 cars jammed up at that stoplight they they'd all be unhappy and, and you, there's just a lot of aggravation with driving a car uh when things get jammed up and it just that i don't experience when i'm on a bike necessarily yeah not at all it's just more carefree yeah we'll get there when we get there yeah well and that's one of the things we like about bak right like the first couple of days you're still kind of like on regular time. And you expect when you go into a quick shop, it's going to be like three minutes and you're in and out. And then you realize, well, no, we've got 30 people in this quick shop right now, all trying to get Gatorade or a snack or, or whatever. And so this is going to take a minute and it doesn't really take too long to get into that. You know, the BAK time, It's just like, it's going to take what it's going to take. And you can't, you can't be uptight about it. Yeah. You can't be upset because that'll, That'll throw off
1: your whole week. Yeah, you, you've got to flow with the go and go with the flow, um, or you're just gonna have a bad experience of BAK. Things happen when they happen, you know. We're riding to Hillsboro tonight. I'm riding slower than normal. Well, that's okay. They don't close Hillsboro at a certain time. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. It's you get there when you get there. You might have to wait in line at the shower. You might not. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, you know, we've had towns where we. We've eaten them out of food before 7
0: o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, Where while you're in line, they can put a sign on the door that says, we're out of food. Yep. And then
1: it's like, well, you know, you can you can be frustrated or get angry about it, but it's not going to get you any food any faster. Yeah. I mean, you just rode your bike all day. Go walk. Go yeah. walk to the quick shop. You know, go find your food. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you can let go of the timelines and just... Let BAK happen. Mm-hmm. It's uh, probably the best, the best experience. I and mean, you and I, this is aside from cycling, took a trip together where we, we had no expectations. We didn't even know where we were going. Yep. We just hopped in the van and and drove, and it was the best. Probably one of the best trips. Definitely one of the best trips of my life. And there was. We just let it happen. Yeah. When you can let a vacation happen
0: like that. That was nice. We had a certain amount of time we were going to do it. We had a general direction we were going to go, and then each day we just said, "Where do you want to go?" They, yep. We just looked at the map and said, "Well, there's a there's a bike trail here, and there's a brewery here, and we can go we could go in that area and see what we see what we find." Yeah. And that was you're right. That was one of my favorite trips too. We had such such a good time doing that. Um, but yeah, just doing all that. Uh, that kind of allowing like you said allowing things to happen allowing them to unfold which is one of the things I really always have appreciated about BAK just this openness to new experiences you don't know what's going to happen and as long as you're open to it they happen and uh you you, you sometimes discover things you'd never like the rapping grandma I can't remember what town that was in (sighs) Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yes, Um, she had this whole rap done about the town's history, in rap form, and it was. And that was another one in that year. That was kind of like the the mint tea, right? Like everybody was saying, I had went into that town and I didn't catch her the first time because I just I went somewhere else in town. But then somebody said, "Did you see the rapping grandma?" And I said, "No." And they said, "Well, she's in the library or the historical society building or whatever." So that word was getting around, and everybody was like, Oh, you got to go see this. So you may not have planned on doing that that day, but by the end of the day, most of us had gone to see the rapping grandma. Mm -hmm. And just things like that that you just would never, ever encounter in any other way. Yeah, it's trail magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talking about when we were kids like this, and you kept saying, like, we don't have water bottles. And I, you know, I think about it now. We didn't. My friend Nate lived outside of town, and we would, during the summer, we'd call each other and say, Hey, do you, am I riding my bike to your house? I lived in Nickerson, and he lived outside of town. And I would call. we'd call each other and decide whether I was riding my bike out to his farmhouse or whether he was riding his bike into town. And once we had that set, it was just a matter of waiting. And then uh, one of us would ride out to the other's house, and it was probably... Probably eight to ten miles. So yeah, I'd, I'd do this bike ride, or we'd ride back. But we we didn't even think about water. We'd ride that whole way. No, I didn't even know what a water bottle was at that age. I
1: don't remember ever having a bike when I was a kid that had the knockouts to put a
0: bottle cage on. I don't think so. I think I mean it wasn't even a thing we thought about. You just got water when you got where you were going. Yeah, you know. But yeah, now you wouldn't be caught. I I, I have four. Water bottle racks on my bottle on my bike. I don't want to be caught without water at all. Um, And I usually have one with electrolytes and one that if it's really hot, I can spray myself down with. But yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere without four bottles of water, at least two bottles of water, big bottles of water. But yeah, when you're a kid, you just hopped on your bike. Now it's uh, at least two water bottles and some food and. You've got to make sure you have your cycling shorts on and your yep. chamois
1: butter and do I have sunscreen, sunscreen. I don't know. Yeah, I think sun, I saw yeah. sunscreen in the eighties. They didn't yeah. even have it sun suntan lotion. In the 80s. Yeah.
0: It was, it was, uh, what was that? Hawaiian Tropic, right? You yeah. put there, you try to get yourself bronzer, right? Yeah. You, you were inviting skin cancer in the eighties.
1: Yeah. I just, you get that first couple of sunburns and, and hope they turn to a tan and then you ride and that's, but nowadays, yeah, it's, uh,
0: there's a lot more that goes into our riding. And and as we get older, stretching becomes a bigger part of that oh, too, yes. right? Because your uh, your muscles get awfully tight at the end of the day. So there's some, although I didn't do a great job of that this year. Um, but yeah, that's usually a thing that has to happen. Otherwise, things kind of tighten up and it, it's a little bit rough the next day when you get your legs warmed up. <laughs> 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 um Another thing I want to talk about here, well, we talk about all these experiences and all these things that we have. And it's it's really hard even talking about it to fully capture what BAK is like, right? Because there's just the whole thing is an experience and it's encapsulated in these eight days. Um, and, but there's kind of like a feeling with it, right? And it's just hard to explain to people what that is. Um, but let's, let's try. Sure. I mean, you talked about summer camp. Did you go to summer camp as a kid? Uh, a couple church camps okay. in the
1: summer, yeah, and yeah. It, and uh, it kind of had that feel. Um, I think it. Boy, it's it's tough to uh, to talk about it without. I mean, you get a little little deep, a little
0: of a klimt or yeah, something. Yeah, get a little
1: deep with it. I mean, when when the pandemic happened and BAK got canceled, I mean, I felt a a loss,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, 2020, we were able to do our own BAK, um, alt BAK, alt BAK, uh, that, uh, Kimberly did almost pretty much all of the planning mm-hmm. for, and we were able to pull it off. And then last year, another alt BAK that I, I was not able to attend with you guys, but, uh, and, and I felt that loss. I mean, yeah. you know, you were there with me. I mean, I shed tears over that, Yeah, you know. Um, So this year to to actually have a BAK and the weeks leading up, is this really going to happen? Is it really going to happen? And it happened. It was
0: just, it was like a gift. Yeah. You know. Well, one of the things that I, we talk about these epiphanies. One of the things I realized um, on this year's trip was, uh, just how much a part of my life this is, and how, like you said, how, how it was a loss to not have it and how much I needed it um, and, and didn't realize that fully. Um, I knew I missed it, I knew I was sad that it didn't happen, but there there is something at, 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 at a core level that's that I, I needed I needed it. and after two years of not being able to do it, uh, not realizing until after the fact how, um, how big that was and just how, what a part of life that is. And I think for a lot of people um, just that it's this yearly, it, for me, it's, it's this one time of the year where you have one single thing you have to worry about. You, you have every day you, you're, you have one job and that's to get to the next town. And, and, and then everything inside of that is completely variable and up to you. You can take as long as you want. You can put your head down and get there as quick as you want. You can stop and talk to everybody. You cannot talk to anyone. You can do whatever you want. You have one job and that's it. And nobody's gonna bug you about how to get there or how to get that job done. And for those eight days, your, your focus and your purpose is very clear and very little from the outside world penetrates that sort of bubble of BAK. You have a great way with words. Right? <laughs> that's, and that's what it does for me. I mean, just in, in and then at the end of it, you're, you know, you're satisfied that you've done it, happy that you've done it. And then also a little it's a little bittersweet because, you know, you you're you're going to leave these people that you probably won't see very much at all, if at all, until the next year. Um, and But also that you have to, like, walk away from this and go back to regular life Richard. which sometimes I struggle with that after BAK because I'm like well this is st- the rest of this is stupid yeah <laughs> return to orbit yeah it's so yeah everything seems
1: kind of dumb yeah hopping in a car the day after BAK just feels like wrong yeah and, yeah. Know, yeah use my blinker instead of
0: on your left <laughs> yeah you know it's it's um they so uh, I hope that well. I hope we've we've done an, an okay job here, kind of explaining what BAK is. But one thing, um, a lot of people don't think they can do it, and let's tell them why they're wrong. Oh well, there
1: there are people of all ages, sizes, uh, levels of conditioning. Uh, it's not a race, you know. It's 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 an it's a It's a social event, really. Mm -hmm. Um, It isn't that there aren't some parts that, I mean, you really probably should train Mm -hmm. for it, but you don't have to train for the Tour de France. Yeah. Uh, You you know, the days are 50 to 80 mile days and you have all day to do it. Yeah. And you can leave when you want. If you get tired, you can stop. Yeah. There's nobody with a bullhorn. Telling you you got to do it. Saying, get a move on. You want to stop? Stop. You want to pedal? Pedal. Yeah, you know the next town will be there, and it's it's a low pressure thing. Uh, can't plan for the weather, um, but you can ride in the rain. Yeah, Everybody can ride in the rain. Um, you can you can ride in the heat. It's if you have the right gear. You know the the spandex is not a fashion statement. It's it's to it's help functional. keep you cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's something that that. Seems intimidating if you've never ridden your bike fifty miles, mm-hmm. but once you've ridden your bike fifty miles, you're like, oh, okay. I, I, don't,
0: do I don't even like to take my bike out if I can't do thirty. Yeah, you know, it just feels like it's a waste. I rode my bike this morning, and I do this a lot. If I, I won't even put my my cycling shoes on if I'm not doing twenty five or thirty miles. If I'm if I'm going to go out and do fifteen or twenty miles, I'll just leave my sneakers on because I'm like, ah, it's not. I don't want to do that, but, um, but if I'll do a longer ride, I'll put my cycling shoes on and clip in and all that. But otherwise it's more like a, I'm just going to putter around and ride my bike and I still will, you know, work out and do all that. But yeah, it's like, it hardly seems, it hardly seems worth getting all geared up for anything less than 30 miles.
1: Yeah. And you know, the numbers seem intimidating. 70 mile day sounds intimidating. It's just 10 miles, seven times. Yeah. Go out and ride 10 miles, take yeah. a break, ride 10 more. You know, rest when you want. It's uh, it it's intimidating until you do it, and then you just you realize just how easy it is to do. And you just take care of yourself. You yeah, know? I think some folks, you know, they they um, maybe don't take as good a care of their nutrition, mm-hmm. and so the next day you wake up, and if you haven't been on top of your nutrition, you wake up, you're gonna feel drained. Yeah, you you don't have the the um, glycogen availability to, to get do on and you crank it out. So you just got to take care of yourself. And that's easy to do. All these, I mean, all of these towns are trying to pump calories into you. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of people gaining
0: weight on VAK. There's so much food. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's pie, there's food everywhere, there's anything you want. You're not going to want for anything no. on food. Well, and, and that and hydration are the two big things, right? Mm-hmm. Just making sure you're hydrated, make sure you have electrolytes coming in. Um, the training helps. It, you always have a better time if you train. I My schedule doesn't allow me to do a lot of training in January, February, March, April, and May. Um, I get to do a little bit. But usually I come in pretty weak, which always cracks me up because I usually start BAK sucking wind on the first couple of days. And then as the week goes on, I can see myself getting better. And usually by the last day, uh, some people are pretty worn out on the last day and I'm hitting my stride on the last day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You end up just you feel like you're just... Carved from stone, you're just like, Rrr. and that's the thing about it. Even though it's 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 really about management. There's a lot of mental, uh, you know, a lot of mental uh, awareness I think that comes into it, and a lot of managing yourself. Um, but when you do it and you finish it and you cross it, and you realize that you cross the entire state. Kansas is a pretty long state. This year was 512 miles. Um, you, you'd feel that sense of accomplishment is really remarkable, right? That mm-hmm. especially like the first year, the first time for first timers when they've done it and they did a thing. I know my first year, it was, it was between, well, we came on the Transamerica route. So we came through Larnard and then we came through Quivira. Sterling, Sterling, stayed at Sterling. And it was on that road between. That road from Larner to Sterling, that I was like, oh, I'm actually going to do this. Up until that point, I, I thought there was a chance every day that I wasn't going to make it. Um, but that road to Sterling, I was. I, that's the first day that I was confident. No, I'll I'll make this and I'll get around. I'll get across the state. Um, and when that feeling hits you, and then you do it, that that's that's you can't really put that into words very well, either that, that sense of achievement that I was able to do this thing that three days ago, four days ago, I didn't think I would be able to do.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. My first BAK, uh, going to the Missouri sign. I, it was kind of emotional for me. It was like, wow. Like I felt like I just climbed a mountain Mm -hmm. and speaking with, uh, Leroy this year, Uh uh, he put it, he put it great. he said that, you know, the kids that ride with his group, uh, when they get home from BAK, they're all about an inch taller. Like, yeah. yeah. Just like Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm I got this. Yeah. You know? It's you're proving something to yourself. Yeah.
0: And, and then, it translates to other parts of life. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you get a sense for what it entails. And then the next BAK is a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And you can you can put so many other parts of life in through that filter of, of the BAK accomplishment. And a lot of things just don't
0: feel so intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. And that is why I think it's so good for to see kids doing it. Because mm-hmm. I think to see those, uh, you yeah, know, that Leroy hirschberger has got, I think he had, what would you say, 25 kids this year? Quite a few, yeah. Uh, riding with him. And it's just been more and more every year that he pulls into this. And uh, you just think, you know you know for every one of those kids that does that they just they do walk away feeling quite a bit better than they went into it and they, a lot more a, a lot more accomplished and feeling that they can tackle harder things than they probably thought they could it's a great little perspective to have around
1: because those kids on the roughest days those kids still all have a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. So when I pass them, or they pass me, more often than not, they're passing me. Uh, you know, it's like they've got that smile on their face, and it's that's why we're doing this. Yeah. We're having fun, and it makes me smile more. Yeah, it makes it easier to smile when it's 96 and 106 degree heat index. Yep, it makes it easier to smile when you see these kids out here doing it, just like we did
0: in the 80s. Yeah. You know, and you're, and you remember, yeah, that's, that's what that's like. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thanks for coming in and talking to me today about this. And I know we could go on for a long, long time. We have a lot of stories and a lot of things, some stories we can't tell, um, some, <laughs> some that we can, um, but it's, it's always fun to talk about it. But I, I always try to wrap up with like one question and, 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 and this, will I'll ask it, even though it's kind of the center of what we've been talking about, but, Um, tell people, uh, maybe one thing about BAK that are doing BAK that they don't know that you wish they knew, or, um, one thing about why you do it that, that you would want people to know. Oh, yeah. It's hard to sum
1: up what we all, what we just talked about, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, um, it's proving to yourself that you can do big things. Um, it's connecting with yourself, mm-hmm. really. It's, it's clearing out all the clutter in your life and having one task and showing yourself that you can do it and having fun with it. Yeah. It's, it's just,
0: it's all of that.
1: Wrapped, wrapped all, up
0: in a nice, tidy little bow. Yep, with two wheels and handlebars. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for coming in and talking about this today. And uh, you and I, of course, will uh, see each other more often than once a year on BAK, because we see each other quite a bit. But there is still something different about BAK. When we get there, it's like the whole, it's like the air changes a little bit. and And everything is just different. It is. It's magic. It's magic. magic. It's trail magic. That's the best way to say it. It's magic. Yep. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. All right. I'd like to thank a few of the people who've helped make that podcast and Hutch possible. My son, Mitchell Probst, wrote and recorded the music for the show. Jenny Briguette put together some great graphics and promotional art. And Chris Acker helps overcome my mistakes to produce a great sounding product every episode. That podcast in Hutch is made possible through a collaboration between the Hutchison Arts and Culture Collective and Salt City Sound. They're working to bring resources and infrastructure to support art, music, and storytelling in our community. If you have an idea for your own podcast, reach out to them at podcasts at saltcitysound.net. If you enjoy that podcast in Hutch, be sure to subscribe and share it with all your friends. You can also help support this production by subscribing to thatguyanhutch.substack.com or by emailing me at thatguyanhutch@gmail.com gmail.com to learn about sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week.
1: Assault City Sound Production